this better? Okay, here we go. You know, Barbara said something a while ago, and and um, that really would strike a chord because a lot of us here, certainly Barbara and I and other siblings, we were always blessed to have a, a great and godly mother in our home. And what an impact it does make in your life when you have that type of influence and that type of an example that you're raised with. It's, it's only sometimes until you're much older can you really relate and respect and appreciate what good and godly parents mean to you. Um, sometimes you just don't really understand that until you've been out on your own and maybe married and have kids of your own. And then, I don't know, there might be a meltdown moment in your life where you go back and you apologize and they're like, for what? They say, well, this is when, there when I was nine and this is when I was 13. This is when I was 14 when I thought I knew everything in the world. And this is when my 20s when I was so busy thinking about me. I, and so it's just kind of a life's uh, big teaching moment in it. But not every not every home had that, and and uh, and I'm I'm sorry for those who didn't. But uh, here's what I do know. Here's what I know is that there's always someone there, because God places someone in our lives if we're looking. And it may not be natural mom. It may be a it may be a family member. It may be a, maybe a friend. It could be a grandmother. But God always places someone. I'm I'm thinking about uh, over in the scripture. We won't turn there for sake of time. But over in in Timothy, you know, when he was a son or a spiritual son of Paul, and, and um, Timothy met Paul when uh, Timothy was just a teenager. We don't know very much about uh, about Timothy's father other than he was a Greek and uh, they were uh, Galatians, and uh, they lived in Lystra, but we don't know really much about uh, his father at all. But the Bible does give us some insight into why Paul saw, saw such... Uh, uh, good things in Timothy, and he, he alluded to it by saying, he said, you received an inheritance. You know, sometimes when we think about we receive an inheritance, you say, well, you know, uh, well, you know, there's not a lot of natural stuff to, to go along when that day comes. There's not a great inheritance, but, you know, that's, that's wonderful that's there, but, you know, the greatest inheritance that we can leave to our children is not a home or a car or thousands of dollars. The greatest inheritance that we can leave to our children is an inheritance of love and faith. And Paul said to, to Timothy, he said, your mother, and, um, and the, his grandmother's name, I think was, um, actually I put it here, uh, Lois. Timothy's grandmother's name was Lois. Anybody know a Lois? I know some Loises. And, his, and his, Timothy's mother's name was Eunice. Anybody know Eunice? And he said, these two women, the grandmother and the great-grandmother, had such a, uh, an influence on Timothy that it shaped him and molded him that he was such a, uh, uh, you know, just a, a credit to be able to, to do the work that he'd been called to do. Uh, they said that he'd been taught as a child from his mother and grandmother, and certainly that they had prayed for him, and they had taught him the, the scriptures. And uh, they, he, he was just raised with such an inheritance for a love of God and the love of, of, of the scriptures. And, uh, and Paul recognized that in him, and he attributed that to the inheritance that his grandmother and his mother had given him all his life and said, that is a great inheritance. And there's a lot of ways to be wealthy, but that to me is the greatest way to be wealthy. 
And you may not have that in your home, but there's someone in your life, and, and if not, if you'll ask God, He'll send someone into your life, and they'll be that godly person, that influence that might take the place of, of what you might have missed in the home. There's always someone there. And I think there's a lot of people, and I could name names in this church, that, uh, that they are mothers, but they have taken on other um, they've taken on others into the list, and they're kind of like the, the mama hen and, bring the, and the chicks, and, and they're, they're spreading out, maybe not to just those of the natural children, but they've found other people that they have taken in, and they're, and they're te they give teaching moments, and they're, they're living a life of faith and of love before them, and, and certainly uh, it's impacting their lives, and when they're older, I know they'll appreciate it very much. So I uh, just want to say Happy Mother's Day. To you, I'm thankful for my mother. Uh, I could have searched the world over, and God couldn't have done any better, any better at all. So I love you, and I thank you, Mom, uh, for all that you are to us. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and it's just a, it's just a blessing. My mother a, is a praying mother, and uh, so she's, she prays, and, and, if she, and she, she believes that God hears and answers prayer. She's an intercessor at heart, and, uh, you know, some people can pray a few minutes, and some people pray all now and then. She believes that she's here to pray. And she says, and when I'm through praying and I, I know my time's gone, then I'll, I'll do that. But right now, she said, some of y'all are still in a mess. <laughs> I think she's talking about my brother and maybe one of my sisters. I won't tell you which one. But anyway, <clears throat> and so uh, we just hope she'll stay around a long time. Not that the other, my siblings will be a mess, but I mean, but she's, but she prays for a lot of you all in here all the time. I don't know if you know that. And uh, so you're, you're very close to their hearts. So she would be the, the grandmother of the church. So thank you that. And, and of course, I, I could have looked the whole world over. Uh, once again, I said, but uh, I'm very thankful for Michelle. And she's a very godly mother to our children. And she's always put him first. And the reason why, she and I have such a great relationship is because she, I, I, I allow her to have an affair with another man in our marriage, but his name's Jesus. It's an allowed affair. And it sounds kind of weird, but I had the same affair with the same man. <laughs> Just we keep it all such, such as that. So, uh, so sometimes I tell her, I said, I, I got to go. She said, where you headed? I said, I'm going off to, uh, to my affair. She said, okay. She said, well, tell him. I said, hi, I'll be talking to him in a few minutes. I said, okay. And uh, so I thank God for her and, uh, and what she means to our family and to you all. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, this, uh, if there's ever order here and there is order here, it's not because of me, it's because of her. I mean, I was just telling her about something. She, she this needs to be done for Sunday. I said, it doesn't have to be. You've got too many things to do. I said, they're not even going to notice if you do it. She says, but God will notice and I'll notice. And if two people notices and it helps them, it needs to be done. How are you going to answer that one? I said, well, I, you know, it just, they don't know this is not their home. I said, I have pulled up shrubs. I said, one time in the Clanton church, I said, I took a truck and a chain, and I pulled up nine or ten shrubs off the front, and no one even noticed anything. And uh, when, we, when, we, um, when we put in new doors right here, and we put in this, this canopy here, we had people walk in and out of it, and, thought, and someone said, they just, something different in it. And I thought, something different. These doors are two thousand dollars, and that's another two, three thousand dollars. And you, you better notice something. Of course, that's not a woman; that's always a man, right? <laughs> uh, when I'm when I'm watching a show, I'm watching a show, 
and it's just so much different. But every time we watch a show, I'm trying to pay attention. I, I'm one of those, I, if I'm going to watch it, I want to know what's going on. I don't want to come in and out because if I miss the storyline, who cares? And she's not, she's not into that at all. She's saying, that, that, that's what I want to do in the backyard. I said, have a fight like them? <laughs> she says, no, did, did, look how that's arranged. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's looking at the furniture and the accessories and the flowers and how this was done and, how, and she's, all these things that I could be doing. <laughs> she, wished, she wished she'd married someone just like Scott who could build and all these ideas in her head could be turned into real things. And so <laughs> that's why she's always, when I walk in the room, she has on the, uh, re, uh, what's that show called with her remodeling homes and all that kind of stuff. And she's wanting to get me magazines about that. So I don't want a magazine about that. <laughs> Who wants a magazine about work? <laughs> anyway, well, we're going to dive right into some things this morning. Uh, I kind of struggled today because uh, I, I, I wanted to just do some things just about Mother's Day. So I just kind of know how God works with me. I, I, I want to just tell you this because I think it's, it's worth noting and do what you want to with this. Something happened a while ago during praise and worship. And, uh, and I think I should share it with you. I don't know what all it means, and I don't know what about it, but there was a, um, when we were singing a song, This Is How We Overcome, I had a M-I-N-I vision just a few minutes ago. And in the, in the M-I-N-I vision, from this building, from this group of people, they're left from this building up into the heavensly, they're, they're left a shaft of light, and it looked like a huge megaphone, but it was made uh, like a round cylinder, and all it was, was was a portal that went from this place up into heaven, and we were declaring, this is how, and this is why, and this is how we overcome, and the more you sing it, the more the angels ascended and descended through that portal back and forth to do, to do the act and the works and the bidding of God. So it's going to be a wonderful day. He said, whatever earth binds, he said, heaven backs it up. And whatever earth looses, heaven backs it up because the authority is in you, the believer. Amen. And so it wasn't just a song that we sang to fill up the time because you're supposed to sing songs when you come to church. It was unto the Lord. Amen. And he received it. So I'm going to get, uh, give you this morning what I, what I believe I received from him to give you. And we've been talking about uh, limitations and how to, how to break limitations in our life. And we've been using... Uh, the scriptures to look how Moses was used instrumental of God uh, and Israel cried out they had been under bondage for over 400 years as slaves in Egypt and God sent Moses you know the story very well and uh, the promise was always to take them to a greater place a bigger place than they had it was called the, the promised land or we call the land of promise we know through the story that they never made it there did they we know that that generation died. And the reason why they didn't make it, the reason why they died, is because it wasn't that God wasn't able to take them there. It's that he wasn't able to, to, uh, to take what was in their thinking and get it out of their thinking. See, it's all in our thinking. That's why our mind has to be renewed, not removed, but renewed. And so he, he could get them out of Egypt, and he did that by signs and wonders and miracles and demonstrations as no generation has ever seen that day or to this day and all the splitting of the Red Sea and the ten plagues that came upon Egypt. And he brought them out with a mighty hand. And, uh, but, you know, God works with us. He's given us free will. And we know that they kind of kicked and complained and they whined all the way. In other words, they still had a slave mentality when they were all actually free. 
And you say, well, that was them. But you see, the same thing is for us. He said, use this as an example for you. In other words, we have an inheritance. We have fullness. We have more than enough that's available to us. God has invited you to a land uh, of an abundance where there's no lack. And so what stops us today is maybe not that we're literally a slave or that we're in prison. But the same problem then was God could get them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get the mentality of Egypt out of them. And sometimes because of how we came up and how we, what we saw, maybe we had little, maybe we lacked, maybe we had uh, just, uh, you know, small pickings or we might have came into a place to, uh, you know, sometimes I'll tell you about my friend Whit. Whit came here and we graduated with him at the Bible school. He was from Tennessee. We met him there and you, most of you all know who he is. Uh, he's actually the one who actually paid for the bathrooms to be, uh, to be put in this building. And, and to him, that was a very easy thing. And uh, so we met him in 1992. Uh, we was adopted, and he has a sister that was adopted. Uh, their parents, uh, they lived in Nashville, and they owned the second largest mill in Nashville. Uh, you know, where they make all type of fine furniture out of it. So he said, I was adopted at a very young age. And he says, uh, they brought me home, and he says, and my adopted mom and father, they were, they were very wealthy. He said, I grew up with butlers and maids and such as this. And he said, I was disciplined one time by my father. He said, because we was eating and my father had ordered some shrimp and the cocktail with it. And he said, and I reached in my hand to get it and he slapped my hand and said, don't you ever do that. And I said, what was the problem? He said, my father told me there's no shortage of shrimp and there's no shortage of steak and there's no shortage of lobster. And if anyone's supposed to have it, you are. You are Joseph Whitson III. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up quite that way. <laughs> we had when we sang Grace around the table because <laughs> I had three three other siblings and a brother. <laughs> it's like there's the breast, and when they were saying in Jesus' name, that was my clue to. <laughs> but usually Chris won. <laughs> And so it wasn't necessarily the scriptural thing, but he grew up with a mentality that, that we're supposed to live a certain way and certain things is supposed to. And then it was very easy for him when he came, when he was born again, saved. When he came across the scriptures that talks about the goodness of God and what God's provided for us, that just said, well, of course. Amen. Well, of course it is. I mean, it's always been this way. This is the way it's supposed to be. And so... Um, uh, I remember when he left, uh, so he was trying to teach me some of the stuff at Raymond. And, uh, of course, uh, I, I took him, I was, that was 1992. So I took him kind of like a rich snob in 1992. I'd leave school and go to work, work my first job, then leave my first job, then go work my second job. And he, and, and he, uh, he lived there two years and didn't work at all, didn't need to, didn't have to. And so he was telling me, he said, y'all just believe God. And I said, well, you are. Anyway, so <laughs> that was 1992. So when he left Raymond, he didn't go back to his family business. I mean, his dad said, now this, you know, you had an inheritance. He says, but if you don't come back and take the mill over, you know, another family member, I mean, your inheritance won't be. He said, I understand. So he, he chose, and I, I applaud him for that. I respect him for that. He, he decided not to go back and take what was easy, but to follow God. And he went uh, to help a Raymond couple who, uh, who's in Mexico and, uh, and there's a Rainbow Bible training center there in church, and he went to help uh, the Rogers, who we know, and he, uh, he stayed there for two years. 
So he was raising money and sending out letters to, uh, to, to help the Rogers in Mexico. He sent me a letter and uh, asking for my support. And I wrote him back one. I said, you just need to believe God. <laughs> and I sent him a dollar. <laughs> but anyway, so he came in and, and blessed us and such as this. And uh, uh, that mentality, that mentality is what kept Israel out of the promised land. That same type of thinking keeps us out of what God has for us. And it must be eliminated. It must, it must be destroyed. And it's not, it's not the problem that God can't give and won't give. The problem is, is our ability to receive something bigger. And I want us to just uh, look at a few things. Then I, I, I told you I wanted to be able to give you time to, to go early today because you may have plans with mothers. So we're just going to look at some things in the scriptures. Uh, some I'm very familiar. I want you to go first, first off to 1 Kings 17 because I believe I have a word from the Lord today. Matter of fact, I know that I do. And, um, and I hope you'll have ears to hear this morning. First Kings 17 said, verse 1, Elisha the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, behold, whom I, whom I stand, there shall not be due or rain these years, but according to my word. First off, this is a prophetical word that the man of God speaks as he gets it from the Lord himself. When God speaks, when he declares something, he declares the, he declares the end from the beginning before it ever starts, and he works through the prophetical word. Now, that's important to understand this morning because God has a prophetical word for you this morning. I, I know enough about myself if I'm struggling whether I should do this or that. I mean, it takes time to know how to work with your call and how God uses you. I know enough just to, to leave it alone. And so I got this on the way here this morning. Okay, now watch here. Verse 2. And then the word of the Lord came, and you'll see this throughout the scriptures, and the word of the Lord came, saying, Get thee hence, and turn eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed there. Now, once again, why is he here? Because the prophetical word has come forth and said there's going to be a drought, and there'll be no rain. And it's going to last for three and a half years. Well, the, he gave the prophetical word. What he's saying has now come to pass. And now, because of the prophetic word that he's given, it's caused a problem for himself. And so the Lord gives him instructions. And so we see the instruction here in verse 3. He said, Go eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. In other words, the Lord, God knows where supplies at. He sent him to where there is supply. And he says, and you'll be fed there by a raven. And there's many things we could talk about this that we don't have time for this morning. I mean, the, the, the raven is not, it's amazing that a raven would bring him meat and leave it. Raven, ravens are, are, they're not vegetarians. They're carnivores, you might say. They're meat eaters. Ravens do not, do not, they do not share meat with humans. But this one did. Why? Because he said, this raven will be commanded of God. So God is in charge of the wild kingdom. And so he spoke to one bird. God spoke to a bird to take care of the prophet. 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And when he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that was before Jordan, the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass that after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Something we want to note right here. There was a problem, but the word of the Lord came. Some of you are in a situation right now. Something's happened or something's going on. A new situation has surfaced and it creates a need in your life. Every time there's a need in your life, if you'll turn to God as your source, God will give you a word or he will give you a prophetical word. He'll speak to you a word or he'll use someone to speak a prophetical word into your life. Never get into a place when you're in a transition going from this place to that place and the unexpected begins to happen. And know this, that God always has a word to take you from this place to that place. But the place that he sends you to is not always the permanent place, it's just the next place. He sent him to Cherith, but now even this brook has begun to dry up. Okay, and so uh, we're in verse, what, uh, 7. So, so the brook now has dried up because there was no rain in this land. So once again, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded, someone say commanded, a widow woman there to sustain you. So he rose and he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the, wind, the widow woman was there gathering her sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray you, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I do not have a cake, but I have a handful of meal in a barrel. I have a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am going to gather sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elisha said unto her, the prophet said, Fear not, go and do as you have said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after thee for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God, now here's the prophetical word for her, the barrel of meal will not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth again. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail because of the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. So here there is a prophetical word. Here she chooses to obey the prophetical word. The word has come before Zarephath that came to Elijah to go to Cherith because God said there's water there and the ravens will come to you there. In other words, supply is where I'm, was where I'm sending you. But that place dried up, so God says there's water in Zarephath. And before you get there, I've spoken to a widow woman and she will sustain you. Now, this woman didn't say, oh, yes, I saw you in a vision. In other words, she's still struggling with this because this drought is taking place in her land also, but she has a deep well. So she said, I can handle the water thing. The problem is there's no meal left, and we can't grow anything because you prophesied something. You're the problem. She says, I can't make you a cake. I have just this much. I got enough. I'm going to go gather some firewood and I'm going to, and I'm going to cook a fire and I'm going to bake this little bitty cake. My son are going to eat it. This is all we have. This will be our last meal and then we'll die. And the preacher says, okay. He says, but make me a cake first. She's like, what don't you get about what I just said? <laughs> 
but she went and did according to the word of the prophet. Now, quickly, go to 2 Kings chapter 4. A lot of things we could stop and talk about, but we won't have time this morning. But, you, but you're, these are very familiar stories to most of us. Many times when, when the word of the Lord comes, it comes in a time of crisis. No, he's not going to leave you in that place all by yourself. Help us on the way. He said, tell the widow, I'll be a husband to the widow. See, he'll be to you what you need him to be and what you'll let him be. And he'll give you instruction, even during the hardest time, of what are we going to do now? There is a word if you'll listen. Now, 2 Corinthians, or 2 Kings 4, verse 1, Now there cried a woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. So, her, so this, here's a lady who her husband served the prophetical priest. He's died. So she says, My servant is dead, and thou know that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors now come to take unto my sons, my two sons, to be bondsmen. So once again, here's a woman. Her husband was a servant. He served the prophets. And uh, he's passed. There's obviously no income now. I mean, her, someone has left the household. This was a one or two income family. And now the major source of income has left the house. The way it worked in her day, if you owe a debt and you have children, you can't pay your debt, then what we do is we just take your children and they become slaves to us until the debt is worked off. And uh, <clears throat> so no, no, but no, don't tell MasterCard that you can't send your kids there. They don't do that now, so. <laughs> no, the God has another plan. In verse 2 said, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do? Elisha's the prophet. He says, So she's, so she's asking him, she said, I got a problem, I got a situation. He said, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, My, thy handmaid hath not anything in the house. I just have a pile of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad and of all your neighbors and of empty vessels, borrow not a few. So she says, I have a problem. And the first thing he asked her is what? He said, what do you have in the house? We talked about during their offering. God said, I'll multiply your seed sown, but I need you to sow something so I can multiply it. He's asking her, he says, you have a great need and what you have, what she's saying, but what I have is not great enough to meet the need. He says, but if you'll give me what you have, he said, I can take this if you'll give it to the Lord and God can multiply it. And that what you give to him, he said, will become greater than what you would have had if you'd have kept it. Sometimes what you, when you have is not enough to meet the need, perhaps it's the seed Sometimes, you see what I'm saying? You might have $100, but you need to pay $1,000 worth of bills. I believe in coupons, that's fine, but I don't think you can stretch it that far. Sometimes it's better to look at the $100 as a seed to sow instead of because it's not going to meet the need anyway. So she said, I only have this little cruise of oil. So he gave her instructions. See, in, in, in this time of prayer, 
the word of the Lord comes, but there's always an instruction. So here's the instruction. He said, go borrow the vessels abroad, verse 3, of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow. But he says, now listen, but don't borrow a few of them. And when you have come in, shut the door upon and upon your sons, and you shall pour out of those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So he went, she went from him and shut the door and upon her and upon her sons and who brought the vessels unto her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, Bring me a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And when she came, she told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou of the children of the rest. I wish I had more time, but here's the deal. God wants to take us to a place that we've never been before. The only way he can do that is begin to expand our capacity to receive more. It's never with him. It's with us. Remember Ephesians 3.20, he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that you're asking. He wants to do above that what you're thinking. According to or in proportion to the power that's working in you. Not in him, but in us. The instructions to her was, you only have a little bit of oil. He says, so go borrow many empty vessels. He says, now don't get a few. So she went and sent her sons and they borrowed vessels. And as they began to pour out, she thought, what am I doing? I'm just swapping vessels. But then she noticed something was happening. As she began to pour out of her vessel into the empty vessels, she began to know it began to fill up and she wasn't having any less oil. That was, that, that's called miracle. Amen. They brought her the second one and the same thing happened. She began to pour. Second vessel become full. She had no less than hers. And it went on and on and on and on until finally she had filled up the last vessel. So she, she yelled, out, yelled to one of her sons. She says, bring me another empty vessel. She said, because the oil has stayed. He said, there are, there are no more empty vessels. Amen. We filled them all to capacity. And uh, it said the oil stopped. The oil stayed. There was nowhere else to pour out any more exceedingly, abundantly above. In other words, everything that she'd made available to him in her way of thinking of what is not of you. In other words, for some people it might be a thimble. For somebody else it might be a wheelbarrow. For someone else it might, it might be a whole barrel. For somebody else you might say, I got bigger thinking than that. I'm believing God for bigger things to do bigger things. You might say, God, I have a barn. Well, the oil gets poured out into the, into the reservoir that is offered to him according to our thinking in proportion to that which we are expecting to receive. Are you with me? What are you expecting to receive? What can you see yourself with? What level do you want to reside on? What would the next level look like? Are we going to, Psalm 78, and they limited the Holy One of Israel? Or are you going to take the limitations off and give God a greater reservoir to do something in your life that's never happened before with a greater expectation to receive something that you never see? Then it, when you do, it will come with instructions from the Word of the Lord. Now, uh, real quickly, Deuteronomy 28. We're going to have to move really fast. 
Deuteronomy 28. Verse 1, it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you, and you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and then blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of the sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They will come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Verse 8, and the Lord shall command the blessing. The Lord shall command a blessing upon you. That's part of the prophetical word today. A commanded blessing is on its way. That's part of what the portal scene opened up. I said the commanded blessing is on its way. I'm not... I'm not... It's not my message, it's his message. I'm just the messenger. When God wants to give a word to someone... He sends it through a messenger. I'm just the messenger. The commanded blessing is on the way. Uh, all week long, I had the end of the service, but I didn't know why. Just give me one, you know, just, just two verses. I mean, like, with nothing else with it. Until this morning, then I got the body of it. <clears throat> so let me give you the end of the story. Proverbs 16. This all belongs to us, but if, if God gives you something that says the Lord is my shepherd and there'll be no lack, that means he's taking it over. In that psalm, he talks about surely. <laughs> Goodness and mercy has been assigned to you and they'll follow you from this day to all your life. Because you've chosen to let him do certain things that someone else would not choose to let him be to them. So he says, I'm taking over. You won't suffer through this transition. Amplified says, the, the Lord is my shepherd. He said, the Amplified says, he, fields, he, he, he feeds, he shields, and he'll guide. Amen. <clears throat> I don't know if I got the right scripture. Psalms, not 16, I'm sorry. Psalms 66. Psalm 66. So I, I, I had this all week long, and I thought, well, this is exciting, but, but you know, nothing else till I drove here this morning. Now, the Lord never did this to me to begin my ministry because I wasn't ready for that. I mean, I needed to know two weeks in advance. <laughs> you know, we, you get started like that, you don't, you don't want messages on the way to church. 
I don't have time to set this up, but watch here. Now, you, you remember about the, the, the prophetical word, right? Remember the word speaks, and he sends it through a messenger before he does something. The word generally comes when you're in dire straits or you're in a transition. Don't think transitions are bad, although they feel not so comfortable sometimes to your flesh. All it is is God taking you to another level and what was with you and took you to this level can't go with you to the next place, so it has to get off. Maybe it was right for that season, but it's not going to be here for this season. So you're in transition. And some of you in this room, you've been through some stuff. You, you have. Um, I wish I could read the whole psalm, but I can't. Verse 8 says, Bless our God, you people who maketh the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be removed. For thou, O Lord, hast proved us, and we have been tried. Anyone feel like they've been tried? Amen. How's that saying? Roll hard and put up wet or something? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're like the car. <laughs> you kick it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the car don't look like much, but you know it'll make it to California if you had to go today. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to sell it based on what you know about that car. See what I'm saying? And some of you have been kicked. Some of you have been kicked down. Some of you have been knocked down but not knocked out. Sometimes you stay down because you just needed to get, catch your breath for a while. Huh? Some of you have been through some stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to do great things, you're going to go through some stuff. Well, I'm just going to use my faith. Good luck with that. Use your faith. But Daniel got delivered in the lion's den, not from it. Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad billy goat, they got delivered in the fiery furnace, not from the furnace. Amen. Amen. So God is a very present help in time of trouble, but he's sending you a word this morning. If you think I'm just preaching your service, you missed this whole thing. And don't miss this place. Don't miss this. Here we go. For thou, Lord, I've been proved and I've been tried as, as silver is tried under intense pressure. Thou brought us into this net and has laid us affliction upon our loins. Thou has caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire, and then we went through the water, but now you brought me into a wealthy place. Amen. I could have done a build-up to it, but, you know, with all the garnishings, but he's brought me into a wealthy place. So what's going to happen this year? Well, it's right here on the opposite page. In Psalm 65, verse 9, Psalm 65, verse 9. Thou visit the earth, we're going to close right here. Thou visit the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest thy corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges abundantly. Thou settest thy furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest with spring thereof. Thou crownest my year with goodness in thy past will drop a fatness. What's he going to do with us this year? He's going to crown your year with goodness. 2016 is the crowning year. 
Now, if you, you see, now, now here we are. Here we are. But Israel had that same, Moses said, God's bringing you out. Yeah, well, whatever. You, you prayed. You remember how they prayed and asked God to deliver them? And God answered their prayer. They said, Moses, and they said, who, who do you think you are? And Moses knew they was going to ask the question. So he said, he said, well, tell them I am. I'm the one that they prayed for. I am the one who's going to bring you out of here. I am the one who wants to take you into the promised land. Amen. Right? Amen. What's God saying? I want to bring you into a wealthy place, and I want to crown your year with goodness. Amen. Until so much prosperity that drops off of you like fatness. Loose, tra loose translation is fat. is about to drop off. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the... Uh, there's a translation called the Revised Translation, like King James Revised, New Living, Amplified. That's called the Reverse Translation. <laughs> I just make that one up as I go. Wealthy place. I'm just. We 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 we're really dismissed. So you just you, you can go if you want to. Hallelujah. So, but <clears throat> I I really wanted to, but but I can't do that. So, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So see. Yeah. Hallelujah. See, I, I know, I know Bill has a, an understanding about a prophetical word. Bill, Bill got a prophetical word, what, a few months ago, two, three months ago? And, and Bill is, is a very private person. Can I, can I tell some of that? Bill, Bill had, I don't, I don't know what his situation, it ain't none of my business. Barbara was up here on a Wednesday night. She was teaching uh, on Bill Johnson's uh, hosting his presence. And so we always started with a couple songs to come into the presence. And the, so we had the lights off up here to show the video. And so she had whatever she had up here to teach with. I couldn't see what she had. And while we were watching the two songs, the Lord told me something to teach. And I thought, well, I mean, or say this at least. And I'm like, well, I mean, now, I mean, what's that got to do with whatever? And it was about going to a higher court. And that, and that we don't judge people for what they do, even if they do things to us or they do it the wrong way. And it looks like you're not going to be taken care of. In other words, there's been an injustice to you. And God said, if you'll let me, he said, we'll bypass, we'll, we'll bypass this and how it was handled. And we'll take it to the higher court because we're far above. And he says, and I'll judge it and I'll get the right justice for you. Well, I don't know nothing about it. What 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 I don't know nothing about what Bill's doing at the time, and so <clears throat> I knew it was for him. But I had but he talked to me about nothing about this, and what what, what I kept on getting was telling telling him it's it, this is payday for you. Well, oh, Barbara's over here giddy. She's pointing like this, and I thought, what what, what do you want? You, I mean, she said and she's pointing. You know, look at the podium. Look at the podium. So she was somehow going to use that illustration. There was a payday candy bar sitting right here. And I kept on saying, it's payday. Remember that? Yeah. So I just took the candy bar, whatever she was going to use. I ain't never asked her to this day what she was going to use the candy bar. And I threw it to Bill because it was payday. Well, he, he knew what that meant. 
Well, about two, two weeks later, he said, you, you, you remember that what happened that night and all such as this? He said, I had a, a, a court case, and, and if I get this wrong, you can fix it. But just the gist of it is, there's no way forward with this case. We did this, we did this, we tried, but there's just not a, there's not a legal way to go forward. So we're dropping you as a client. You owe us nothing, we're dropping you. There's just no way to go forward. We wish we could, because you know, if a lawyer can go forward, if, he see, if a lawyer sees just a little bit of light, he'll kick the door down. He said, there's no, way, there's no way to cash in on this. And so he told me uh, a few weeks later, he said, they, uh, he said uh, in spite of that, and the, and the people who the funds were supposed to come from uh, decided to go ahead and pay him anyhow. And I I'm not talking about $20. Amen. See what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a, a, a godly sum, right? So he, uh, he said, and here's the cool part. He said, the lawyers, you know, he called them. He said, they said, no, you, you know, because when lawyers work on that, they get a percentage usually of, of what you're going to get. They said, but we dropped you Amen. as a client. So you don't owe us anything. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the, that, that's the prophetical word. Do what? That's 33%. Oh, the lawyer wants 33%? You let them have one of your cases. 33% of what you get. So. He just decided to let God do the fighting, and God took him to the higher place in court. And he says, if, if you won't deal with these folks, I'll deal with it, and I'll, and I'll, I'm a, because see, he said, my two throne, he said, my throne is established on two foundations, righteousness and justice, and you are righteous, and if they don't do right by you, he said, I'll do the fighting for you, and I'll bring justice to this myself. Now, the word of the Lord is telling you, he says, it's time for you to live in the commanded blessing. I'm commanded, and that commanded blessing is going to take you to a wealthy place, and I'm going to crown this year with goodness. Amen. Happy Mother's Day.